Sons of Thunder. Sons of Thunder. Midweek Freak Treat Sons of Thunder. Episode 2. Uh, the Blind Fighting the Blind, a title that doesn't make any sense, but I'm Adam, and also urine, and I'm drinking a delicious Coca-Cola Classic. Ooh, click open the classic. It's me, Steve, coming at you live and direct. Whenever you turn this on, it is me in the computer talking to you right now. And my side of it is pre-recorded. I don't have the time or the ability to do these live, but Steve insists on it. So enjoy that. Anything could happen on his side. Anything could happen on my side, even, you know, talking over you, which will probably happen a lot. Uh, I want to get a Coca-Cola. I've been really into the Coca-Colas lately. Brother, I got to tell you, I haven't had a Coca-Cola. I haven't really had pop in, like, years at this point but we had some friends over and they left a coca-cola classic in the fridge a 222 milliliter can and i thought you know what i'm feeling a little sluggish tonight maybe i'll crack open a delicious coca-cola classic and have a sip and i gotta say first sip not bad this is not bad we'll see if it lasts thing is you gotta open it and then leave it at room temperature for an hour that's to dissipate all that uh carbon monoxide that's uh <laughs> steeped in that coca-cola that's the thing that they don't talk about is that coca-cola i mean the big thing was like oh coca-cola used to have cocaine in it yes but it also has killer gases in it that you need to expel you shouldn't be drinking liquids with gases in them that's crazy well they were sitting around the boardroom and were wondering they were sweating sweating their butts off how do we say, save more money? Yeah. And it it was obvious in the end to take out the extra oxygen and uh, go with monoxide instead of dioxide. Ah, this Coke's starting to turn. I don't really – I'm not – I'm three sips in and I'm not enjoying it as much as that first sip. That first sip was like a drop of dew off of God's hog. And now third sip is like – I don't know. My mouth is kind of gummy. I don't really like it that much. <laughs> Summer breeze, make me feel fine. You know that sort of feeling. Yeah, of course. That's Coca Cola's jingle for years. The polar bears sing it, I think, in at Christmas time. I I just keep coming back to your uh, description of the dew of a boss hog's hog. Of course, all, yeah. AKA God. Uh, and ooh, oh, what a what a visual. I uh, I love thinking about God naked on a a summer morn. When it's just moist as heck. Right? Yeah, they always show him in, like, a white robe. But, like, what's he got going on under there? Does he have, like, t- tattoos or anything? Is he a member of the Devil Satan's motorcycle gang or something like that? Does he got a bunch of hidden gang tattoos? Do you think there's a picture on the internet, which, already saying it, I, I know there probably is, of God naked golfing? Maybe with, uh, you know, our Mexican our favorite Mexican golfer, uh, George Lopez. Oh, that's interesting because uh, from my understanding, George Lopez was God in that movie. So are you looking for George Lopez nudes? All you have to do is type in George Lopez nude and I'm sure you'll find a thousand results. I feel like God splits himself into a bunch of personalities and uh, he probably golfs with them. 
Oh, of course. What else are you going to do? Nothing, right? Nothing. Just, that's what old white men do. They love to just hit the links, baby. Go out there, whack a couple of balls, and just, you know, drive your cart and flirt with the beer girl. And that's just a good old time for good old boys. I know it sounds very dangerous, very risky, but I I would really like to go out in, like, 32 degrees Celsius heat and just golf naked. <laughs> Why does it have to be so hot? Couldn't you do it in, like, a 22 degree Celsius day? No, way too cold. I want to sweat. I want to feel every, uh, you know, molecule in my body uh, creating new molecules. Right, you want that drop of dew off of God's hog. I, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I want hot dew, not cold morning dew. No, God, no. Yeah, you want to be roasting hot. 32 degrees. Come come from inside your body, flow down, drip off the tip. <laughs> you wash your balls this, this in that. This Coca-Cola is really destroying you. This Coca-Cola is uh, it's not the worst thing I've ever drank, but certainly not delicious and refreshing, as the can says. Oh, if you haven't had a uh, pop for years and years and have some, it's it's the worst thing in the world. It's too carbonated. It's too syrupy. You feel like you haven't questioned your thirst whatsoever. No, certainly not. It's not as it's not it's no Mountain Dew, which is arguably the worst drink ever created. Get at me, Mountain Dew lovers. Mountain Dew is utter trash. It's just trash garbage. Cold Red, man, I don't know. Probably sucks too. I don't know. But uh, Coca-Cola, yeah, well, hey, not a sponsor, and never will be at this rate. No, but Mountain Dew is a garbage drink. I have no idea why uh, anybody has glommed onto it. Uh, same with, like, Red Bull and all that crap. But Mountain Dew Slurpees, now that's a treat. This is good podcasting. This week we're talking about Episode 2, The Blind Fighting the Blind. And, uh, oh, I just got how that, ref how that, what that represents in the episode. That actually is not a terrible name. It's not a great name, but it's not terrible. It makes a little sense. What did you think of this episode, Steve? Well, the title does, uh, come off as dumb and clumsy. Uh, I titled it Blind Fights, because I oh, thought nice. they were going to have a bunch of, you know, homeless blind people fighting each other, and, and then, you know... Big Dumb Bunny comes in, saves him, and then goes off to his uh, new adventure. Right. But I felt like this story was even, like, dumber and simpler and definitely didn't need to be their longest episode of the series. <laughs> yeah, it really... It's like, for what the show is presented as, which is like, big, tough, dumb bunny biker travels around and helps people in need and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But, like... This episode just has, like, it's just a squabble amongst a family that he stumbles into. And it's just, like, like near the end when they're having the, like, family meeting and everyone's sitting around and Big Dumb Bunny is sitting there, too. I just kept thinking, he must just be like, Lord, get me the hell out of here. Like, these are just two men just being stupid idiots in front of their family. Why did I get wrapped up in this? Why can't I keep rolling on down the road? But God's plan, you know? Well, too bad there's not a highway to Hawaii, because I'm sure he wants to just <laughs> drive on over and sit on the beach for a couple of days after this dumb squabble. In the first episode, you had guns, you had shooting, you had real stakes of life and death. Yeah. And this one, just like this uh, father and son-in-law don't talk to each other, and it 
leads to confusion. Yeah, all they need, like, in order to solve the problem this week, two people just had to be honest with each other. In order to solve the problem last week, they had to murder a Mexican cartel. So it's like, the stakes were certainly, uh, you know, not as even as they were in the past. I'm curious to see what the rest of this show plays like, because now I have no idea what to expect. I thought it was going to be like, rough and tumble biker action every week not like sitting in church and then family squabbles like i was not expecting this at all and like the the son-in-law character is just so dumb and hot-headed and not a great actor but not a terrible actor either i feel like the acting in the show so far has been borderline okay cinematography again desert slow pace (sighs) america baby uh, you know, all the classics, but, um, yeah, just, it was a nothing of an episode. I wonder, we've only been following Randall Reader on Twitter for a little while, aka Simon, aka Dozer, aka the star of the show, and, um, I gotta think that, like, that shot of him pumping gas in front of an American flag had had to have been his Twitter profile picture for at least an, a number of months. It's such an iconic shot. Yeah, maybe it should be our uh, Twitter bio uh, picture for a little while, at least, to show our love for America. Maybe, like, July 4th, we yeah. change it to that uh, picture <sighs> to show us, show our love for America, baby. I... And there's a bunch of bikers that roll up to the gas station that he's currently pumping at. And you're like, okay, here we go. Let's uh, rough and tumble up some life. And uh, no, it's just for a great, beautiful shot in front of an American flag. Oh, yeah. In front of a gas station that they couldn't get any clearances for. So every, every label on that gas station is blurred out. So they just, they couldn't, couldn't afford the rights to... Uh, petrol signs and things i don't know (laughs) like things like that and it looks like a run-down abandoned uh gas station that people probably use for sets oh yeah and they still couldn't get uh the rights for it i mean i love when that biker in quotation marks biker gang uh rolls up and the first guy pulls up and you're like oh maybe a rough customer and then everyone else who pulls up is just like a dumpy dad weekend warrior like just on his on his pristine, perfect motorcycle that's never seen dirt and, like, who's never seen the blood of another man spilled on it like a real biker's motorcycle should. Yeah, they just came back from Sturgis where they, you know, got a bunch of college kids and roped them up and peed on them, but for fun. <laughs> of course, to and jump them into the gang, yeah. Yeah, you, you're a dad. You, you've seen it all before. For, you want to let loose at Sturgis and you want to pee on somebody. Yeah, you want to watch ICP wrestle and you want to watch Kid Rock perform a sermon and tell you why he shouldn't have to wear a mask and all the best things, all the best elements of biker culture are there. I wish I could get into biker culture without owning a bike. I guess you could just like <laughs> dress up and go. Um, yeah, I, but... feel like, I feel like you're describing most of biker culture at this point. Just a bunch of retirees wearing Harley Davidson jackets. Isn't that what most biker culture is now? Well, I guess you would have to buy a bike, but you just, like, put it on a trailer and drive it there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You don't ride your motorcycle to Sturgis. You drive your beautiful Toyota Tacoma, and you drive it all the way to Sturgis, pulling a trailer, and then you open up that trailer, you roll those pristine hogs, 
they they go from the garage into the trailer from the trailer to the parking lot in front of the like eatery in Sturgis and then back in the trailer and back to the garage and that's real biker culture <laughs> and that's how you know you're a real biker man you put like a speaker on the back of the pristine hog and have like motorcycle sounds coming out of it <laughs> yeah there's no spark plugs in your bike there's not even gasoline yeah. or oil in it. it it doesn't run it's just for show I mean I've said this multiple times on the show, or maybe just once, or maybe none, so I'm not sure. But I would love nothing more than a t-shirt that on the back, it just says, if you can read this, the bitch fell off. That's all I want out of life, and if someone can make my dream come true, I say that to my wife all the time. She does not find it funny. She doesn't She doesn't understand how important it is for a man's ego <laughs> to have a t-shirt that says, if you can read this, the bitch fell off. She just doesn't get it, you know? She just a woman doesn't understand. What part of it doesn't she like? Is it the reading part? Is it implying people like don't know how to read anymore? Well, I th yeah, I think she doesn't like that it it it's dangerous on the road to have a shirt with a lot of writing on it because if you're passing somebody and they see your shirt and it takes them more than a second to read the back of it, well now they're not paying attention to the road. And then an accident can happen just like that, right? In the in a split second, maybe while they're reading your shirt and they're laughing about how the bitch fell off, a child runs right into traffic and then they schmook him and that's it for that kid. And maybe that kid had the cure for cancer. So a lot of things can happen. Um but uh, you know, that's I think that's mainly why she doesn't like it. Okay. So part A of that, I would have to assume that we could improve her liking of this shirt by adding some lights or some some way to make this easier to read maybe like a like a a magnifying glass on the back of your hog that would like make you bigger that's a great idea yeah and then a sign on the top of the magnifying glass like in your car mirror that says if you can use this magnifying glass the bitch fell off <laughs> that makes more sense and then they can read your t-shirt as well blah 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 mm -hmm. exactly part yeah. b of that story was the kid that has the cure for cancer well now does he have the cure for cancer with him like in a vial or is he is it in his mind that's gonna come out later no he i, I as soon as i said it i knew you were gonna ask follow-up questions luckily i'd already created a scenario in my head that answers all these questions so okay. uh of course the child is running into the street holding the cure for cancer. He's running into the street to get to the other side where a doctor's office is so he can provide the cure for cancer for that doctor. We talked about uh, Doogie Hauser earlier this week. He's a young Doogie Hauser. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a young Doogie Hauser. So I got to assume that there's, if there's one Doogie Hauser, there must be just a bunch of them riddled across these American states oh, yeah. with cures of cancer in their hands. But they keep getting hit oh yeah for sure star whackers are out there just taking these kids down you know like before they can become stars because they have the cure for cancer star whackers is there driving over kids with toyota tacomas and uh, having a good laugh about it at the end of the day when they hit the bar well there's a lot of funny shirts out there and if we stop those maybe we'd finally get the cure for cancer amen to that brother uh yeah funny shirts are a plague on our society and uh there's not uh, I mean, you say there's a lot of funny shirts. I don't think there's enough funny shirts out there. But I do also agree that they are a plague on our society, which I guess is what I said. So I don't know. I don't know where I stand on this. <laughs> we don't know what the solution is because funny shirts are funny. Like, everybody oh. likes to have a laugh. But people also like the cure for cancer. 
I mean, they'd like it. They don't know what it is. Like they, you know, like they think they would like it, but maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they would go. I wish we just had more funny T-shirts instead of this cure for cancer. Now we got all these people around, and oh my god, where's the funny shirts that refer to women as bitches? Where's that? Where's that sense of humor gone? Yeah, that's some really biting satire, I think. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, and that's that's what people love about motorcycle culture is all the biting satire that comes out of it. They're known for just highbrow satire. It's just a high wire act of balancing societal pressures and norms and just poking light at them and just, you know, being the truth tellers of society, much like a court jester. And that's why people ride hogs. They yeah. love to feel the power between their legs and they love being a part of a culture that pokes fun at how we live life. I love the idea of riding past someone. I mean, I love the idea of, like, walking past someone wearing that shirt. But, uh, like, riding past someone, seeing them, like, squinting and trying to read it and just leaning over your shoulder going, if you can read it, the bitch fell off. That's all. And then you just, (laughs) and you take off. And they go, oh, thank you. The writing was kind of weird and almost looked like a metal band's logo. I couldn't quite read it. Yeah, like, sometimes you would have to, like, stop and make sure people are paying attention Mm -hmm. and like back up if required Mm -hmm. beep beep (laughs) beep beep of course yeah Yeah. classic motorcycle backup sound i i think you should get a one wheel and uh get that t-shirt yeah for sure and just like cruise up and down the walkways Mm -hmm. people go what does that mean in this context and you go it's my my other wheel i guess is that's what i'm calling my other wheel it fell off now i just have a wheel on a seat and that's it or a seat on a wheel i have a one wheel (laughs) i have a unicycle motorcycle unicycle motorcycle why didn't they just call it that one wheel? I don't know. I mean, one wheel is a way better name than unicycle motorcycle. There's too many cycles in that second name. Yeah, but it's fun to say. It'll catch on like wildfire. That's true. It's got to be like, that's got to be loud, hey? You got to burn your legs riding a unicycle motorcycle. Where does the exhaust come out? Well, it does go right onto your legs and <laughs> burns them horrifically, but uh, the breeze is good. Oh, yeah, there's no way to avoid it. The, the engine's wider than your stance. So you, when you get off a motorcycle, unis, unicycle motorcycle, you look like you've been riding a horse all day. You, you're bow-legged, and you've got burns on your thighs, and it's horrible. Yeah, you have to have metal legs. Of course. And uh, you look like a crippled uh, horse jockey. Of course. But, uh, yeah, you're riding a unicycle motorcycle. You're a part of the future. You're part of the now motorcycles are popular because they're loud right like that's the only reason motorcycles are popular is because they're so loud i would have to agree with that there's nothing else cool about them i don't think (laughs) you hear that motorcyclers you hear that dads of america there's nothing cool about motorcycles (laughs) i mean the threat of death of course is like the number number two beautiful but yeah it's loud there's a good chance i'm gonna die on it that's perfect. That's my dream vehicle right there. I, I really don't know the appeal of uh, motorcycles after hearing about so many people dying or getting mutily uh, wounded. Oh, yeah, of course. Mutily wounded, of course. My my dad he had a motorcycle accident when he was younger, and like he was on a gravel road, and he fell on his motorcycle and just 
shredded his back just turned it into hamburger and like my mom had to like pick gravel out of his back and I just go like well that doesn't sound very fun that doesn't sound like mm-hmm. he never rode a motorcycle again after that he was like I'm done this is stupid why did I do this this is a foolish thing but you know he's a cool guy well did he know he could get a jacket no this was back in the day he didn't care no jacket he, he took off his pants and his jacket but you could get, like, a piece of plastic, a real thin, sexy, like, formed piece of plastic mm-hmm. to put in your jacket, mm-hmm. and then you don't have gravel in your bag. Well, go back to 1972 and tell my dad that, because uh, it didn't, didn't, didn't do nothing for him then. Oh, 1972, perfect time to get a hog. Easy rider, oh. the rest. Oh. <laughs> Easy Rider and the rest, you know. Steppenwolf, born to be wild, you know. That's that's real living. Well, Easy Rider was the wild hogs of the 70s. Just a couple of cool dads mm-hmm. going for a rip and a roll. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I love about Easy Rider? The fact that they just get murdered at the end of it. Like, that's just, like, people just, like, worship, or, like, not worship, but just, like, venerate this movie. And at the end, our heroes are just brutally slain on the side of the road in, like, by some jerk with a gun. <laughs> like, and that's all just a bunch of heroes just living their life free from society. Oh, God, they've just been murdered. Oh, right, because if you live outside society's rules, you can just get murdered. Oh, well, look out. Yeah, all, all the things of the 70s were terrible and horrible but we pine for them oh we want them so bad oh i just want to want to be a sovereign state and just get murdered and have no one solve that murder oh just be the best don't even investigate it because there's no one to investigate it oh please let me die in the dirt serial killers were just running amok just everywhere in every mall every town every village just killing 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 oh yeah it's funny to think that like 40 years ago, you could just get away with murder. Like, no problem. You could just kill a bunch of people. Easy. You want to be a trucker and murder prostitutes across America? Buddy, that's your life. Go for it. You could do that successfully for a long time if you just were smart about it. Now, oh, no way. You just barely get away with anything anymore. In this economy? Well, they got fingerprints and they got lasers and they got... uh ginormous uh telescopes and you can see everything yeah thanks thanks biden thanks for that you've really dried up the the murder industry he really has no no joke biden really did cancel murder culture and it, it's pretty sad because they make the best documentaries oh yeah what will what will <laughs> What will the bitch listen to when she's on the back of that hog, if not a million murder podcasts? It's beautiful. I I love Biden, but uh, get out of here and give me Trump, you know? Oh, I just missed the way he says China. <laughs> yeah, truly, truly. This episode reveals a little bit more about Dozer's backstory. And a uh, just, a, just a scooch, but the most exciting revelation of these flashbacks is the fact that Don Swayze is the head of his gang and I was so excited to see Don Swayze on this show I love Don Swayze he's great he's a Swayze yeah he's he's Patrick Swayze's brother 
Oh my god, I had no idea. I knew him as the Tasty uh, Treats. Tasty little treats. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. person from It's Always Sunny. Of course, yeah. Uh had no idea. No idea he was a Swayze. Oh, but yeah. it, his name in this is pretty good, Angie. <laughs> yeah. Well, he must be Italian. Oh, pepperoni salami. He he's tanned enough to be a an Italian, but uh his face is crooked a bit. For sure, and that's what I like about him is that he's got he's got the looks of a Patrick Swayze, but he's also got like the looks of a meth head. So it's like a nice mix between two opposite ends of the spectrum, essentially. Do you think that boy ever do meth? I'd like to I'd like to think he doesn't. I'd like to think that he was just born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> Maybe it's Don Swayze. <laughs> It is Don Swayze. He's El Presidente. Mm-hmm. He's in charge of the biker gang that uh, Big Dumb Bunny is a part of and eventually leaves, leaves to go on his um, pilgrimage. He leaves it in this episode. He leaves it in, in the flashbacks in this episode. He walks right out and he goes, if you, if you, if you walk out that door, you're going to turn your back on the only people that will accept you for the monster that you are. I mean, well, that's not a very good reason to stay. That's how they manipulate you. They call you a monster and say that nobody else will love you. Uh, but he knows God will love him. Of course. Well, he's already got God's love. He doesn't need, you know, he doesn't need anything else. He's already got the love of God himself. Technically, in the first episode, during the flashbacks, he leaves as well. Do you think every single episode are flashbacks of him leaving in a different way? I think so, yeah. It's just him misremembering what actually happened to him and just, like, (laughs) telling the story a little bit differently every time. In in the first flashback, he had a wife. In this flashback, he doesn't, as far as we know. He's just got a gang. So, I don't know. Like, in the first flashback, it looked like he lived in a trailer. And then in this flashback, he just has a house with a garage and, like, a workshop and stuff. It's like a completely different setup for him. So maybe it is all. <laughs> maybe he is just making it up as he goes. What do they call it when you can't, like, uh, believe the narrator? Oh, uh, uh, oh damn. Un- we're two idiots. Unreliable narrator. Unreliable narrator. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think this... Uh, uh, show is smart enough to actually put that into the you know character and have it reveal something about what's going on right. but maybe that's what's going on maybe he'll like have a new girlfriend in the next episode and the <laughs> new boss or like just ha- leave a different gang maybe even yeah oh for sure yeah he's he's dating a different uh, member a different cast member from Kingpin maybe he's dating yeah. uh uh, I don't know who's in that movie. I've never seen it. Why am I trying to guess who's in that movie? I don't know who's in it. <laughs> Woody Harrelson, is he in that movie? He is. He's Kingpin himself. So, yeah, I love Kingpin. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And uh, you ask me anything about Kingpin, I can answer those questions no problem. Guy from Stripes and Ghostbusters is in it? Oh, we. Which one? Best. Dan Aykroyd? No, he's not in both, is he? He might be in Stripes. I don't know. You're talking about Bill Murray, William Murray. Yeah, Mm. William Murray. Well, good for him. Well, he's the villain of the piece. Well, good for him, I said. And I was expounding on his character. (laughs) What did you think of this line? Because it it, uh, it gave me a little tingle in my dingle here. When they go to church and and they ask where the guy's dad is, and the mom goes, he's schmoozing in the sanctuary with some of the men. And I was like, hello, what's going on in the sanctuary? Ooh, sanctuary. Mm. I like the sound of that. 
Oh, schmoozing in the sanctuary? Psh, good luck keeping me from schmoozing in there. Is that where people claim sanctuary? Yes, you don't claim it when you get into the church. You have to go to the actual sanctuary and then claim the sanctuary. Ah, uh, oh, you're not in the right place. You're schmoozing Have you for ever walked into a church and yelled sanctuary? Oh, probably. Yeah, I mean, I used to be a very churchly boy back in the day. I'm sure at some point I did a joke of going in and yelling sanctuary, and then I had to live in the church for several weeks because they took me in and I, I they wouldn't let me leave. It's, it was a torture. What's the minimum amount of time that you have to stay in a church after you claim sanctuary? I think it's like seven to ten weeks. Oof. I know. Rough. It's not worth it. They don't have beds. You sleep in the yeah, pew. No, all you get is like stale peanut butter sandwiches and like watered down peach juice. Oh, yeah. And whatever you can, you know, take out of the lost and found box. So maybe you're just sucking on an old sock or something. I don't know. Yeah, sucking on lollipops. Yeah, exactly. Suck the sock, the priest tells you. And you go, I don't I don't know what that means. I'm I don't know. I'm just gonna go on my phone for a couple hours. Is that cool? <laughs> Can I leave? Like what am I doing here? This is sanctuary. Man, the when I was in like youth group, the priest was so uptight about us like going on the pulpit, and then as soon as he wasn't around, we would just run around the pulpit. Like we couldn't care less about God's rules. Like up yours, God. The pulpit, oh, we own that now. We're we're crawling under the table, we're horsing around up there. Holy ground my arse. <laughs> Did you uh, confess uh, this in your uh, confessional? No, I mostly just told the priest I'm gonna say jade off. Really? <laughs> well, sure. What other what other sins does a, <laughs> what other sins does a child have? Well, you're running around in the pulpit. That would be so funny if you just told him to his well, not his face, but behind a curtain. Yeah, for he sure. Ran around in there, <laughs> and he pulled the little screen open. What would you say to me? What have you been doing in this <laughs> church? I told you not to go into the pulpit. Yeah, well, I'm confessing, so you got to forgive me. Yeah, well, one time in the middle of Mass, I went into the bathroom and took a big dump. How do you feel about that, priest? I didn't feel very good about it. I had intestinal distress. I, I like pooping in public. I, I, right. I find it a sign of my humanity. <laughs> it is one of the things that binds us. Life, death, taxes, and pooping. The thing about pooping is in public is that you got to flush right after you dump. Oh, yeah. Preferably, like, while you're dumping to cover up the sound of all the farts you're letting out, for sure. The scent, the sound, the the grieving. <laughs> the scent, the sound. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the pee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, man, do I have some pooping in public stories for you, but we'll save those for another week. Yeah, for a different po podcast when we need to fill some time. Yeah, exactly. One time I pooped my pants waiting for a bus on my best friend's birthday. There's a story for you. Public bus? Yeah, or of like course. private? No, no, like... city bus. I was a grown man. Like a party I was, bus? I was like 28, going to work, poop my pants. No big deal. No big deal. I, no... I forgive you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for forgiving me for running around and touching the pulpit. And uh, it was great. You know, I couldn't even tell you what my punishment was for jacking off so much as a teen. I couldn't even tell you. I'd, I'd tell the priest, hey, man, i jack off a bunch. And he'd be like, I don't know, say like a Hail Mary. But don't think about how sexy Mary was being a virgin and all that. Don't try to think about that. I know you want to bust nuts, but, you know, try not to think about that. She's pure. She's pure. We love purity here in the church. I'm proud of you for Thanks, telling the priest that you jerked off 
I I feel bad for the priest that that's his life. Right? It It's so weird that, like, a priest's life is just sitting there listening, especially the priest that, like, at a, at a church next to a high school, and they make all the kids go to mass and all that, and it's like, all right, tell the priest your sins. And he used to sit there over and over listening to team boys talk about how much they jack off just every time. Just... 400 500 kids just tell him how much they jack off him just being like yeah i got another jack just uh, do you think he kept stats of like who jacked off the most probably right he probably had like ink that he would like etch into his like wrist every time somebody told him about jacking off like a penance for his his self and his own life that he's going through that would make sense why he just had like his entire arm was tattooed black from wrist to shoulder much like one of the bikers in simon's former biker gang well you gotta get tatted up if you want to be in a crew of course hey if you've learned anything this week it's uh you gotta get tatted up if you want to something whatever <laughs> malibu day yeah the music's totally screwing me here again <laughs> <Sons of> <laughs> <laughs> Sons of Thunder We love you